a curfew. One was uh, doing good in school. And the other was you had to go to church. No options. Oh, that's right. That was, that was in the past. I forgot that was. Praise the Lord. Thank God for our young people. God is so good. Amen. And he's good all the time. This morning, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I want to challenge your hearts around a very simplistic subject, cleared. We're going to be talking about the doctrine of justification as we did last week. Turn to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. I like everybody opening their Bibles because the Word of God is in, inerrant. It's God-breathed. It's right out of the mouth of God, and it is the authority. God's Word is the authority. It's not what you think. It's not what I think. It's not what society thinks. It's what God thinks. Can I get a witness? And the Bible says, and my word shall not come back void. It won't come back empty. Can I get a witness? Hallelujah. I want to look at um, chapter 4 and just to start off verse 1 and 2. What shall we say then that Abraham our father obtained to the flesh of found? For if Abraham would justify by works, he hath way of the glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture, Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. I want to take a very thorough look at justification. Justification is an instantaneous, invisible, involuntary, with major invaluable blessings. And this doctrine called justification is when God declares that a sinner is righteous. I didn't say a sinner is righteous. I didn't say a sinner was made righteous. A sinner is declared by God to be righteous. That once you believe and confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and God the Son, and you believe that he died, was buried, and rose again the third day, and then ascended back to heaven in all of his glory. When you believe that, instantaneously, you are declared righteous. God has imputed or reckoned his righteousness to you. And he has taken all of our unrighteousness and placed it at Calvary's cross. Do I have a witness? It's not only instantaneous, but there is something majestic that happens invisibly. And what's invisible is that the moment we become justified, Jesus Christ, or the Holy Spirit, excuse me, takes us and places us into the universal body of Christ. That is, it is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. No water, he just takes us positionally and places us into the body of Jesus Christ. He's the head, we are the body. And listen, we are in him. 
eternally in him. Cannot come out, cannot be drawn out, cannot fall out. Can I get a witness? Can't fall back. And, and in, invisibly, not only does the Holy Spirit place us into the body of Christ, but Jesus places the Holy Spirit inside of us. That's called the indwelling, that's called the earnest, that's called the down payment of the Holy Spirit. And listen to this, the minute the Holy Spirit is placed inside of us, we get a new nature. The new nature is the mind and will of God. It is in conflict with our old Adamic nature. Can I get a witness? And only saved people have two natures. Are you getting this? And what happens, there is continual conflict until, amen, the new nature, watch this now, overrides the old nature and leads us to consecration. Can I get a witness? You can't get saved and continue to live the way you used to live. I do have a witness. So, so, so there's, there's, there's an instantaneous movement. There's an invisible movement. And then we are seated in heavenly places, names written in the Lamb's Book of Life. None of these things are seen, heard, or felt. They are invisible based on being justified. If you read the hearing of the scripture, you were first predestined, then you were called. Once you're called, then you're justified. God does the calling, amen, and Jesus said, you didn't choose me, I chose you. Can I get a witness? And then when God calls, kaleo is the Greek word, when he calls, we've got to come. Can I get a witness? And listen to this now, so there's an instantaneous, there's an invisible, but then there's an involuntary movement of the Holy Spirit where God has chosen to save us through a divine effort called grace and through a human effort called belief. Are you getting this? For by grace, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, are ye saved through faith. By grace is the divine effort. Faith is the human effort. And that faith is not yours. It's a gift of God, lest any man should boast. Can I get a witness? So you and I have nothing to do with being saved. We don't have a thing to do. We, we don't have to stop work. We don't have to stop sinning to be saved. We don't have to start working to be saved. We don't have to come to church and be baptized to be saved. This is totally a work of God. Justification is a work of God, but sanctification is a work of God and a work of us. Uh, justification is God's work for you. Sanctification is God's work in you. And then service is a God's work through you. The problem in the church is folk want to serve a work through you, but God never did anything for you, and God didn't do anything in you. Can I get a witness? So you serving in the flesh. I'm preaching already. Can I get a witness? And child of God, when we begin to look at this justification as it is in the scripture, it leads on to an invaluable work of the Lord. That once we believe, we're reckoned, we're imputed God's righteousness. Now listen to these big words. Until you have imputation, you cannot have impartation. 
Impartation is sanctification. Impartation is when the Holy Ghost is doing something in you. Can I get a witness? Too many people claim to have the impartation but never had imputation. Amen. They got a feeling but not a faith. Yeah. And, and, and so what Paul begins to deal with here in the book of Romans is to lay out, and we went over this last week, Romans is God's treatise for the righteousness of God, how to get right with God. In verse chapter 1, 16 and 17, it says, For I'm not ashamed of the evangel, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for in it, in the gospel, is the power of God that leads to salvation. Isn't that right? And he goes on to say in verse 17, For this righteousness has gone from faith to faith, and the just shall live by their faith. So Paul, as a lawyer, begins an argument as to why the whole human race ought to go to hell. And, and, we, and we dealt with this in chapter 1. Um, Paul says, for when they knew God, natural revelation. Now, through natural revelation, I cannot discern that there is a trinity, but I can discern there is a God. When I look at the stars, the moon, the sun, what is man that thou art mindful of him? The son of man that thou visit him. I know there's a God because a man cannot create a cow that can, amen, eat green grass and give white milk. Only, only God can do something like that. God, God, only, only God can put an eagle in the trackless air and a whale in a liquid car. The only God can, amen, know every star by name, sun and moon taking shifts, never late. Only, only God, only, only God can do what he can do. So Paul's argument in chapter 1 to the Gentiles said, for when they knew God, a natural revelation, they glorified him not as God, but became vain. In other words, they took truth and suppressed it. They took truth and held it down. They took truth and, so, and, and listen, smothered it so they didn't have to think about God when they wanted to do their thing. Now, this is all controversial to some, biblical to others. So what God did in response was, and by the way, we do not preach to hurt people. We do not preach to show any kind of prejudice against people. We do not preach to take shots at people. We preach the word of God. You got a problem with the word, you get with God. Don't get with me. I'm just a mailman. Can I get a witness? I'm just here to live in mail. God says when you held down truth, when you knew that there's a God but didn't glorify him, you suppressed truth, God began to give you up to yourselves. And once God takes his hand off you, once you suppress truth, God allows you to become, amen, unnatural. And this goes into all of this kinky and controversial living. It's here in Romans chapter 1, 18 to 32. It's, it's, it's right there. God gives them up, up, and over to a reprobate mind. They change and they exchange the natural use of their body, amen, 
to, to perform all kind of acts that were never intended by God. So you have people out there saying, I was born this way. You have people out there saying, well, you know, I learned. It's a learned behavior. And idolatry and immorality are always connected throughout Scripture. So God said all Gentiles understand, chapter 2. God said all Jews understand because you had the oracles, the Ten Commandments. You ignored them. Chapter 3, everybody's understand. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the problem in the church, there's too many people in denial. We all have sinned. We all have blown it. We all have fallen short. We all are filthy as rags. Can I get a witness? There are over 13 counts in Romans chapter 3. There's none righteous, none that understands, none that seeks God, none that's good. You read them there in Romans chapter 3. God comes to the conclusion that all are headed for hell. And then chapter 4, he begins this Great doctrine of justification, just as if we've never sinned. Uh, our sins being given to Jesus' account. Can I get a witness? Which is, is, is instantaneous. It's a work of God. Justification is not a process. Justification is done all at once. And, and, and so what Paul begins to do here in Romans is explain in great detail this great work of justification. Last week we dealt with the um, the basis, the benefits, and the fact that there's no room for boasting. See, listen, I don't need you to tell me I'm a sinner. I already know I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm a sinner that was on his way to hell, but Jesus changed my destination. I'm a sinner who lived a life of pleasure and pollution, but slowly through a process, God has been remaking and reshaping me. I'm a sinner that still makes mistakes. I'm a sinner that's still messed up. I'm, I'm a sinner, uh, help me Holy Ghost, who's still struggling within my flesh. But the hope that I have is that he that hath begun a good work in you will keep on doing it. There's a continuance to the day that Jesus Christ comes back. So, 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 so the question is not whether pastor is a sinner. The question is pastor a saved sinner, which gives him, Lord have mercy, a position of righteousness in the sight of God. Are y'all getting this? Can I get a witness? Now you can stand out there and look cute, think you're cute, think you've never done anything wrong, but uh, uh, the, the Bible says all of our sins are as filthy rags. Can I get a witness? And if you didn't do it, you thought it. And if you thought it, you did it. Can I get a witness? I'm preaching now, Doc. Don't come in here cute this morning. Because all of us got skeletons in our closet. Don't you have some skeletons out there? In fact, some of y'all skeletons are so recent, we can still hear their bones. Can I get a witness? There's some skeletons in the closet. I thought I was pretty good when I started reading the Word of God and 
Jesus said in the Beatitudes, Similitudes, he said, it hath been said of old, thou shalt not commit adultery. And, oh, okay. So Jesus said, but I say. In other words, Moses didn't tell you everything. Moses only dealt with the outward motioning of sin. Jesus said, I've come to give you the other half where sin starts. The inward motioning of sin. So Jesus said, if you look at a woman in lust, you've already committed in your heart. And when, and when Jesus said that, I said, what's the use? I messed up, now I'm dying. Can I? If God is looking at motives, if God is looking at inward motions, if God is looking at stuff that the congregation can't see, but he sees, what the congregation can't hear, but he hears, what the congregation don't know, but he knows, then everybody has fallen in to sin. So my question is, how can I keep looking at you when I got a graveyard full of dead man's bones? Do I have a witness? Leave that one alone. So what I want to look at real quick this morning is the pardon, ah, the pardon, the privileges, the pattern, and the power of justification. Real quick, we're going to do this quick. First, the pardon, chapter 4, 1 to 3. God's pardon favor is only extended to one's faith, not works. So he uses Abraham. This Abraham was reckoned, imputed freely, and given God's righteousness. Are you with me? And 3 to 5, look, look what he says. He says, for what saith the scripture, Abraham believed God, and it was counted, reckoned, imputed unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward, not reckoned of grace, but of debt. Now, some of our denominations mean well, but doctrinally they're wrong. They give you the impression, if I live right, heaven belongs to you. You can't live good enough to get to heaven. You, can't, you cannot live good enough to be accepted by Christ. And what Paul does real quickly, Paul then goes down to verse 8, verse 6. He quotes David in Psalm 32. And this is one of the most powerful psalms that David has ever written where iniquity is forgiven and the imputation of sin is removed. Now let me, let me contextually deal with this. David not only committed adultery, David committed murder, David stole the truth, David even allowed the nations around Israel to ridicule their God. David was a mess. David had blown it. And when the prophet priest Nathan came to David, he gave him uh, this little illustration of a ewe lamb that a man had, that was his wife, yeah, and um, some other man who had a whole flock decided to take his one ewe lamb. 
And David got angry and said, who's this man so we can kill him? And he said, thou art the man. David, it's you. David, this man was on a battlefield where you should have been. You put him in a front line so he could get killed because you wanted his wife. Her name was Bathsheba. Are you getting this? So when the prophet came to David and said, it's you, you have sinned. The sin was worthy of death. But the prophet went on to say, but David, God, listen to this one, has put away your sin. That was imputation. Are you getting this? Why did God put away his sin? Because when David sinned, God wasn't looking at David. He was looking, David existed around 1000 BC before the birth of Christ. God was looking up the pike, 33 AD, when Jesus was on the cross. And the reason that he was imputed Jesus' righteousness from, listen, not a credit card account, but a bank account, because, listen to this, Jesus prophetically is the son of David. Y'all ain't getting this. So in other words, Jesus, when he died, he didn't just die for us. He died for everybody in the Old Testament that believed in God. Can I get a witness? And, and so he says, listen to this. He says, come up this blessedness, verse 9, then upon circumcision, do you have to be circumcised or Jewish? Do you have to keep all of the consecrational laws? The answer is no. Justification is a promise, Lord have mercy, which preceded the law by 500 years. Abraham was, lived around 1500 B.C. and Moses, 500, uh, Moses, uh, Moses lived, uh, I'm sorry, Abraham 2000, Moses 1500, David 1000. So, so Moses was 500 years behind Abraham, never knew him. The law did not come to Moses came. The argument here is that even in the Garden of Eden, when Adam and Eve sinned, God put a flaming sword in an angel's hand to block the tree of life so they couldn't lock themselves eternally in the sin. They went out another way, and then, listen, they were hiding in fig leaves. Are y'all getting this? Fear, insecurity, guilt. They were hiding in these fig leaves from God. They were fearful, they were guilty, and they knew they were naked. And they were hiding. Why were they hiding? Because that's what sin will make you do. Sin will make you hide. Sin will make you guilt, guilty. Sin will make you feel insecure. Sin will mess you up. Sin is full of fear. Sin, 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 sin. And God slew an animal, and then God clothed them. And without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And when you and I are living in sin... We hide, we're afraid, we're guilty, and we feel insecure. That, that, that when you look at this whole premise for the pardon, the pardon is that God comes along in our helpless state and renders a solution. I died for your sins. Past, present, and future. It's instantaneous. It's invisible, it's involuntary, and it is, and we'll see, invaluable. This thing called justification is off the hook. Thank God for it. And you know what? It'll humble you. 
When you get on your knees and understand justification that there's nothing in you, about you, with you, around you, you can, you can sing all you want to say. You can quote all scripture you want to quote. You can act all high sedentified and you just full of dead man's bones. Can I get a witness? And I'm full of dead man's bones. And God specializes in raising the dead. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and so he's dealing with the, 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 the witness of God's pardon. But secondly, he's dealing with the witness of God's privileges. Chapter 5, verse 1, turn there. There are some fringe benefits. Real quick, first is peace with. The preposition with denotes the war is now over between me and God. Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. That peace is a once and for all surrender. The white flag is up. Jesus is in charge of my life. And, and, and not only the peace, but look at the access by whom we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. It's interesting that you, don't, you can't appreciate this word access until you go back to the Old Testament and look at the tabernacle. Nobody could walk in on God. God would kill you. The only one that had the privilege of pulling back the curtain and walking in at any time was Moses. No one else. On Yom Kippur, the high priest, they tie a rope around him. He would go in. Uh, having passed the laver, they slew, they, they slew the animal. Amen. They, they poured blood in the basin. He would take the blood of an innocent lamb. Can I get a witness? Yeah. And he would enter into the tabernacle. And over to the right was the table of shoe bread, 12 loaves of bread, fresh bread, which represented 12 tribes of Israel. Over to the left was a light lampstand that God is the light of the world. In the, in the middle uh, with another curtain was the uh, altar of incense. That's where all the prayers went forth. But once a year on Yom Kippur, the only the high priest would pull back that curtain and go into the Holy of Holies. And in the Holy of Holies, there were two Amen. Statue cherubims where their wings met and in the middle was a, a smoke and that smoke was God. And there was a, amen, there was an ark of the covenant there. Amen. And in that ark was the Ten Commandments, Aaron's rod that budded. Listen, and in that ark, when they gave, when they sprinkled the blood seven times over the ark, it had a lid. It would close. When God approved the blood of an innocent lamb, the, the top would close, meaning, listen to this now, telling Israel, your sins, Israel, are covered atonement for one year. Come back, the next, come back next year this time so we can do this all over again. When you get to Hebrews chapter 10, it says, but this man, after he offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right-hand side of God, talking about Jesus. Can I get a witness? So now we got access. He says, come boldly to the throne of grace. Come in your kitchen. Come in your car. Come at work. Come in your bedroom. Come boldly. Anytime, all the time, whatever time, you can come straight into the presence of God because Jesus cleared the way. I don't need no appointment to see Jesus. I'm preaching down that. All I got to do is start talking. Can I get a witness? Songwriter said, when I keep calling the name of Jesus, Jesus says, hush, hush, 
Somebody called my name. Gives us peace, gives us access. But here's the part I like. In verse 3 of chapter 5, but not only so. Verse 4, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we glory. Now, now, now stop, glory. This is part of the package. The word glory in that context doesn't mean Shekinah. It means to rejoice. God has given us an internal package of rejoicing. He put it in us. You, you, didn't, you didn't work this up. You know what I'm trying to say? You didn't, you didn't work this up. Why? Why? Because God, God is teaching us that there is a divine design for your difficulties. Do I have a witness? So what, what are you saying? The word tribulation is philipsis in the Greek. He says, but we glory in philipsis. We, we glory in afflictions. We glory when trouble comes. We glory when hell breaks out. Why? Because we know something. What, what is it that we know? That God has a design for all my difficulties. Every time we go through something, God says, you're on a clock. And this won't stay forever. Uh, uh, you're on the clock. I'm going to allow you to go through something for your good and my glory. I'm, I'm going to allow you to go through something for your growth and my glory. I'm going to allow you to go through something so I can work something in you, work something through you, work something for you. He says, so every time you go through trials, don't cry, but rejoice. And we know that all things is working together for the good of them that love the law and them that are called according to his purpose. I know you think you're spiritual, but there ain't one person here that has not quietly said to God, why me? Why this? Why now? Look at this. Because we know that tribulations is at work. And what it's doing is working out as perseverance. Ah, I love what Jeremiah 12:5 says, don't turn. He says, if you have walked with footmen and they have tired you out, how are you gonna deal with horsemen? If you, if you, Lord have mercy, if you're struggling with a little stream, what you going to do when the Jordan overflows? God, God is constantly building up, Lord have mercy. Isn't he building us up? And, and, and that patience brings experience, experience, hope, hope is never ashamed because the love of God is shotgun out in your heart. Can I get a witness? So, so, so Paul, Paul, and then, and then, and then look, look, look what Paul does. I, see, you got to understand these fringe benefits. He begins to point out the privileges, but then he moves to greater superlatives. Now, let me talk about superlatives. Superlative in the English is really something higher than the highest articulation. 
In other words, you can't even articulate it. It's beyond human comprehension. Can I get a witness? So look what he says. He says, <laughs> I love this. Lord, have mercy. Look what he says, but uh, uh-huh, uh, verse 9 of chapter 5, much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. Now, now I want you to factor that by the death of his son, here's the superlative, much more. If God had the audacity to save me and bless me when I was full of hell and on my way to hell, what in the world is God going to do now that I'm on my way to heaven and he has changed my life? Can I get a witness? He, he says, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved, delivered by his life. Mm, 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 mm. See, that's why when, when, when you read the scripture, let me, let me show you another superlative that y'all like. For he shall do, here's the superlative, far. Now, let's just, just stop, just stop. We're dealing with your articulation, your comprehension. God says, what you don't understand, I'm going to go beyond your comprehension. I'm going to go beyond your finite mind. I'm going to go beyond your expectations. You're praying for level three. I'm planning level 10. For, For he will do far, that's a superlative. Are y'all getting this? All right, Lord, I can't articulate that. I don't know what that means, but I'm praising you for it. God says, well, wait a minute. I'm not finished yet. Far, and then exceedingly. Far is not far enough when my blood is involved. Now I'm going to go exceedingly. And you say, well, wait a minute, God, I, I, I can't fathom that. I know. So let me add another superlative, uh, abundantly. I, 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 can't, I can't get there, can't. Uh, 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 wait, wait a minute, Lord. You, Lord, 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 you started out. I, Lord, Lord, you started out beyond my comprehension. I can't articulate it. You, you dealt with this word far, which is a superlative. Then you had a nerve to go exceedingly, which is higher than far. So if I didn't understand far, I'll never understand exceedingly. But then you had the audaciousness to say abundantly. And I really can't understand abundantly, but you didn't leave it there. Then you want another level. Lord, have mercy. I will. Lord, have mercy. I will do far exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. You can't ask it because you can't understand it. You can't think it because you can't comprehend it. But what I'm going to do, you can't even fathom. So sit your backside down and just praise my holy and everlasting name. Just praise me. Just praise me. 
just praise me. So wait a minute, Lord. If you that far above me, what is it that I ought to pray? Easy, Lord, have your own way. Because I've already promised you, I'm going to do stuff you can't comprehend, you can't articulate, you can't learn in class, so just praise me. And I dare you when the hellhounds are on your trail, when you feel like giving up, when you want to give out, I dare you to just praise me for one word. Lord, I'm going to praise you for being far, 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 far. Thank you. But wait a minute. Where did all this come from? It's part of my justification package. Because you believe that Jesus died for your sins and you believe that he's the son of God and God the son. You believe that his blood washed your sins away. You believe he ascended back to glory after coming out the grave. I put a fire bomb in you. So when trouble comes from every direction, we are troubled on every side, but we're not distressed. Can I get a witness? Perplexed, but not in despair. Can I get a witness? Knocked down, but never knocked out. Say yeah, say yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Hallelujah. He's worthy. Any worthy? He's worthy to be praised. Weeping may endure for night, but joy, 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 joy will come in the morning. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. That's what Job said. Job said, <laughs> Job said, am I redeemer? liveth and when I he didn't say if I he said and when I come forth we coming up out of here dog. can I get a witness Satan can work it in but God gonna work it out can I get a witness and when I come forth I'll be like gold glory Glory, 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 
let me let me let me give you a station let me give you a station identification when Israel was going where God told them to go now don't miss that so you got to be in God's way before God starts protecting you when Israel was going where God told them to go and all of these nations got together and they closed in on Israel and King Jehoshaphat in 2nd Chronicles 20 made a fast throughout Israel and they started praying can I get a witness they were they, they were scared they, they were worried they they just prayed, Lord, we need you. And you promised our fathers, Lord, we need you. And the Spirit of God said, Jehoshaphat, <laughs> this battle is not yours. This battle is the Lord's. Can I get a witness? So Jehoshaphat said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, get all the Levites. Get the tribe of Levi. Get the people that play instruments. Put them out front. Don't put your 12 tribes out front. Put the Levites out front. And let them sing praises to my name. Do I have a witness? See, child of God, when all hell's coming at you, you don't need to duck. You need to start praising him. And child of God, the armies of the enemy said, we hear noise in the camp. It was the noise of praise. Well, wait a minute. If they close it in on you, what in the world you're praising God for? We're thanking him for the victory before the fight is even fought. We're thanking him for the victory before one arrow is shot. We're thanking him for the victory before the armies close in. In other words, we're saying, Lord, yes to your will. Lord, yes to your way. Lord, yes to your wisdom because the battle is the Lord's. In the battle of the Lord's, in the battle of the Lords, in the battle of the Lords, say yeah! I gotta go. pardon the privileges, then we witness God's pattern. Chapter 5, verse 12. Let's move expeditiously there. Wherefore, now watch this now. This is, this, is, this, is, this is meat in theology. As by one man sin. Now stop. Whenever you see sin in the singular, it is not talking about what we commit. It's talking about what we are. You go to 1 John, the same thing applies. He is saying, watch this now, in verse 12, he says, by one man sin entered into the world, I'm going to discuss it, and death by sin, 
So death follows sin, and so sin have passed upon all men, for all have what? So here's the argument. If you never committed a sin, you are a sinner. Because you, you, you got some people that act stupid in church. I don't know what pastor talking about. I ain't never did all that. You're still going to hell. The sin nature, the Adamic nature, we got, listen, there's two federal heads here. Adam, the first Adam is the federal head of the human race. When he sinned, it passed down to every born, everybody born in the human race inherited an Adamic old nature. Are y'all getting this? All right now. Now look at verse 13 because it gets difficult for unto the law. I'm wrapping up four years of Bible, systematic, theology, prophecy, uh, uh, doctrine for, uh, I'm, I'm wrapping, you're getting all this free this morning. For unto the law, Moses brought the law 500 years after Abraham, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Now, this is some of the most difficult theology. Here's what God is saying. From Adam to Moses, I did not impute sin to people's account. But yet, they still died because they had a sin nature. From Adam. You ain't getting this. Once the law came by Moses, now God has a vehicle to set your sin in motion. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not do. So God is saying, because everybody died, they didn't die because they were sinless. They died because they were sinners. Are you getting this? After the similitude, verse 14, of Adam's transgression. Then he, listen, he goes on the other side of fence, verse 15, but now, not as the offense, so also is the free gift. Then he uses Jesus Christ to say, just as the last, not second, the last Adam, amen, imputed his righteousness to your account, now you are free, Lord have mercy, amen, by grace, the gift of grace. So verse 17, if, for, if by one man's offense, Adam, death reigned by one, much more, here's another superlative, they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign uh, in life by one, Jesus Christ. Now, here's where the superlative comes into play because that same superlative goes down to verse 20. Moreover, the law entered, Moses, that offense might what? Abound. But where sin abounded, grace superabounded. Meaning, God put more grace to your account than you could possibly sin. You can't sin enough to, ex to, uh, to extinguish God's grace. You can't sin enough to erase God's grace. Uh, do I have a witness? You, you can't, you cannot, and I cannot perpetrate sin enough to do away with God's grace. What an argument. See, see listen, saints. When you understand these doctrines, justification, sanctification, glorification, when you understand these doctrines that Paul has laid out, no other New Testament writer goes into this. 
Petron, Peter, Johannine, John, none of them. Only Paul, because see, Paul was a Pharisee. Paul went to the University of Jerusalem and studied under Gamaliel. He knew Nicodemus. Paul was heavy. So when Paul wrote the book of Romans, he is entering into doctrines of systematic theology that other writers were not privy to have. Paul's a bad boy, Doc. And, and he's he systematically, listen, logically explaining this whole doctrine of just, when you and I understand the doctrine of justification, being declared righteous, not made righteous, not being righteous, when you understand it's free and imputed, when you understand it's by grace and faith that don't belong to us, when you understand that God gifted us, God imputed to us, God didn't leave us, God didn't abandon us, that God worked for us before we even were concerned about for ourselves, that God did something for us, that he surrendered for us, he died for us, he was buried, he rose, he ascended, he's working in us, he's working through us, he's watching over your children, he's walking over your home, he's watching over your life, he's watching over your soul, he's making sure you don't fall, he's making sure you don't flutter, he's making sure you don't come to your demise. When you understand the love of God, It will humble you to reach out and say, not my will, but may thine will be done. Can I get a witness? You'll shut your big mouth. You'll stop surmising everything. You'll stop knowing everything. It, it'll, it'll make you sit down a while, won't it? It'll, it'll, it'll make you look to the hills from whence cometh your help. It'll, it'll, make, you, it'll make you value what we have in Jesus. It'll, it'll make you pray long. It'll make you read your Bible. It'll make you uh, come to church uh, with gratitude in your heart. It'll make you praise him when he don't send a check to your house. It'll make you, it'll make you praise him when you're going through hell. It'll make, you, it'll make you appreciate him. Can I get a witness? Every morning you get up, can I get a witness? It, it will do far exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think. And when you get in the pity party, it'll smack you in the face to get up and get out. Amen. In the party. Stand up. Can I get a witness? Others that live better than you went through worse. You will begin to thank him. You will begin to praise him. You will begin to exalt him. You will begin to call things that be not as though they already were. Can I get a witness? You will, like David, you will preach to yourself. You will say amen to yourself. You will sing to yourself in songs and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. You'll have a hunger for the word. Can I get a witness? You'll witness the people on the streets. Come see a man that told me all that I did. Is not this the Christ? Paul, 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 Paul deals with the pardon, the privileges, the placement, but finally the power. Now I want to deal with this power because this thing messing me up. We're sin abounded, grace super abounded. Yeah. When I'm in Philly in the mall, when I'm going up down the streets, I run to people from way back in the hood. They knew me from way back when. You know, the people that you know that you can't clean stuff up with. Pe people you can't lie to. They know all about you. 
Can I get a witness? All right, let me look at the clock. Thank you, Jesus. They saw you in your dirt. They know about your dirt. They know about your demise. Can I get a witness? I'm talking about people from the hood. Neighborhood. Can I get a witness? You know what I'm talking about. Huh? Yeah. And here's the miracle. They just trying to figure this thing out. Now, I knew this boy from way back when. Can I get a witness? He did what I did. He went where I went. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. And yet, somehow, you don't get into the sin question with them. They knew you was a sinner. What they're concerned about is how in the world did you change? Can I get a witness? What, what was it? Uh-huh. What was it? Yeah. What was it that changed your life to be a Christian? And it's, it's here, it's here, it's here. Go back to chapter 4 real quick as we close. And I want you to see this scripture in verse 17 of chapter 4. We're talking about the power. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, Abraham before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they already were. Now watch this. Who? Talking about Abraham. Against hope. Believed in hope. That he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Here it comes. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. Now let me stop. God comes to Abraham with the Abrahamic covenant of Genesis 15 and the ratification of the Abraham covenant in Genesis 17. He says, I'm your shield and exceedingly great reward. And Abraham says, well, what will you do for me? I'm childless. And God says, I'll give you an heir. That's all God said. He didn't say when. So like us, he took too long. And Sarah hooked up a plan. Didn't did she hook up a plan? Didn't she hook up a plan? By the way, Josephus, a Jewish historian, says Sarah was the finest woman in the Bible. She was, she was so fine, Abraham had to lie going down to Egypt. That's my sister. She was that fine. She was fine, fine, fine. So wait a minute. Abraham is 85. Sarah's in the 70s. Her wound is dead. Her ovaries won't function. Her fallopian tube is dead. Cross street, I said Philippian tube. <laughs> she cannot produce seed. He's dead. Viagra won't work. Yeah. My God today. And the Bible says, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. When you got to get past the psychological, historical, imaginary 
realistic uh, 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 plateau, plat platforms in order to believe God. That's faith. When you got to lay on your bed, sit in a chair and say, I'm past this point in my life, but I still choose to believe God. I don't know how he going to pull this off. I can't envision. I can't imagine. I don't know in my military mind how even God is going to do this thing. Have you ever been there? Keep living. You'll get there. Can I get a witness? When the doctors have given up hope. Keep living there. When the bank account has run out. Keep living there when the children are in some deep trouble and you have no resources to get them out. Keep living, amen, when you feel like giving up and giving out. You got a smile on your face, but you a sad clown on the inside. Keep living, but the Bible says he was not weak in faith. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. I'm coming in, giving glory to God. Here's the power and being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able to do. At the end of the day, you got to know he's able. It's not about your prayer life. It's not about your position. It's not about your power. It's really not about your praise. You got to walk away persuaded. Can I get a witness? And I, for I am persuaded. Can I get a witness? That God is able. Son of man, can these bones in this graveyard live? He said, I don't know you no Lord. Preach. To the bones in the able when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into a hot oven, heated seven times hotter. Can I get a witness? And before they was thrown in, they said, Oh Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer you in this matter. We respect you as king. But our God, He's able. Can I get a witness? I, I, I don't know if faith would fire if I would say our God is able but one boy said but even if God does not deliver us be it known we still will not bow down and worship you didn't he say that and they threw them in the oven and Nebuchadnezzar was looking in the oven and he said did not we throw three in. But behold, I see a fourth one. And it looks like the Son of God. He snatched the heat. He extinguished the fire. He took out the hurt. I am persuaded. I am persuaded. It's a power source. I am going to praise him because I am persuaded. I'm going to thank him because I am persuaded. I'm going to sing songs to him 
Cause I am persuaded. I'm gonna run up the aisle. Cause I am persuaded anywhere that where to do far exceeding abundantly above all that I ask or think. So Raymond Gordon, what say ye about Jesus? Cleared. I'm cleared. I'm being cleansed. Can I get a witness? Because Jesus Justify. Didn't he justify us? He just he declared us righteous. And he's working on the building. And he has promised, I will perfect that which concerneth you. I have bore you, listen to this, on eagles' wings. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Glory! Hallelujah. Let's stay on our feet this morning. As every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you're here this morning, you need to be saved. Be honest with God. Be true to him. You want to give your life to Christ. You want to join the church and Christian experience. Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. I see your hands. Y'all come on up. Raise your hand. Come on. Come on up. Praise the Lord. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Bless the Lord. Come on. Brother, love you, man. Love you, man. Stand right here. Stand right here. Hey, brother. Stand. Come on, come on, come on. Balcony. Come on, baby. Hi, baby. Come on. No, 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 no. Y'all, y'all, come, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on. Balcony, downstairs. Come on. I want you to come. Don't come up here if you're saved. You're wasting my time. Come on. Come on. I, I, I want people that need to be saved. People that need to be saved or people that want to join the church. It's yeah. the, this, this, listen, greatest church in the world. Best Great, you, the, listen, the doctrine you get here, you're not going to get anywhere else. Right. And I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about Poole, Greg, Chris Bennett, all these ministers do dynamic teaching. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Dan, Tony, Green, Luther, great, great doctrine. If you want to give your life to Christ, come right now. Is there one? Come right now in the name of Jesus. Come right now. Come right now. Just step out. Step out. Praise Jesus. Come on. Come on. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Come on. Is there another? Is there another? Is there another? That's right. This is what we live for. 17 souls were saved in prison last night. 17 souls. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Praise Jesus. Come on. Hey, baby. Is there another? Step up. Step it up. Come on. Come on. Is there another? 
balcony. I want you to come. Listen to me. I may not be everything God wants me to be. But thanks be to God. I'm not what I used yeah. to be. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Day another. You guys want to be saved, man. You guys want to be saved? You saved? You guys want to be saved? Can I invite you to step on out? You want to be saved? Are you saved? God bless you. Thank you, man. Thanks very much, guys. You want to be saved, man? You want to be saved? You saved? Praise Jesus. Anybody else? Anybody else? All right. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Hallelujah. Now, 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 I'm closing. Let me give you context. The Bible says, come, come, walk, walk over here, brother. The Bible says, when one sinner is saved, that the angels are shouting, shouting in heaven, in heaven. Praise God. Can y'all follow the ministers? Praise God. Follow the ministers. Thank you for coming up. Thank you, my brother. Thank you. Thank you. That's all right, baby. You're going to cry. It's all right. Come on. I cry with you. I cry with you. I cry with you. Come on. I cry with you, baby. It's all right, baby. It's all right. 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 Go ahead, baby. Go with them. Hallelujah. Praise him. Now, I want these two young people. In fact, let me get the third one. Come on up. Come on up, darling. Praise God. Smile, baby. Let's give them a hand clap. They did an excellent job. Come on now. Praise God. See, tell him, tell him to come up. Come on, man. Praise Jesus. Thank you, man. Thank you guys so much. Great job. Praise God for you. Thank you, our youth pastor Cleve, our assistant youth pastor Tony, Tyler. Amen. And uh, Paul and all the youth workers, raise your hand. Thank you for your diligence and devotion. Where, where's, where's Rachel? Call out. Praise God. Hallelujah. Lord is good. We closing. We closing. We closing. We closing. Twelve fifteen. We will. Rachel, just step forward. Raise your hand, Rachel. She's a new TV technician. We're dealing with her. Praise God. Thank you. I bless you. Hallelujah. All right. After service, will all members for new members orientation uh, and discipleship come forward? Let's look to the Lord, Father. We thank you for this instantaneous, invisible, involuntary, and invaluable gift of justification. Help us to always be appreciative that we owe you and you do not owe us. You've been gracious 
thank you for our salvation. Bless our church. Bless every family in the sound of my voice. And have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed. Thank you. See you Wednesday. Great job. Great job. Great job. Great job. Great job. Great job. Great job, man. Great job. Praise God. Thank you, guys. Thank you.